friends, and welcome to Breakthrough Stories. I'm Shannon Gleason, and congratulations for tuning in today. I created Breakthrough Stories because over the last many years, I've heard and witnessed stories of breakthrough, grit, and overcoming over and over again from people I greatly admire. I realized I wanted to collect all of these stories and keep them in one space to inspire more freedom for others in my life, in coaching circles, and the audience here, which is you. My own story is full of breakthroughs. I'm a single mother of four great teens, two boys, two girls. One amazing son of mine experiences special needs. I'm a trauma survivor and I'm a contender, breaking off a lifelong battle with anxiety and food addiction. I'm a business leader. I launched my own business eight years ago and it's changed my life forever. All these breakthroughs partnered with my faith have introduced me to others with parallel stories including the Break Free Tribe, where our community lives out daily courage, we envision our best lives, and where we share stories of freedom and health. Today, I'm honored to introduce my guest, Christine Boy. I met Christine about a month ago in Nashville. We both attended a writer's intensive, and her story is incredibly inspiring, and I know you're going to be so incredibly blessed to hear it today. Christine, welcome. Thank you, Shannon. This is so much fun. I'm so glad to be here. Do you want to tell us a little brief bit about who you are? Absolutely. So I'm Christine. I live in Chicago with my college sweetheart. We've been together 16 years, married 10. We have three girls, seven, five, and almost two. And I have been an entrepreneur for about 10 years and I'm a doula. I love supporting women and uh, moms as they go through that incredible transformation of growing their family. And most recently, I am a soul care coach for high capacity women. High capacity women. Woo. Yes. <laughs> it takes a high capacity woman to support high capacity women. I'll tell you what. That's exactly I right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm, I have some questions for you today that all relate to breakthrough. breakthrough. Um, and I know your story, but I'm excited for you to share some of yours with, um, you have a lot of stories, but whatever you're led to share today. So the first question is, Christine, what is a habit that you had when you were younger that you were able to break? This is a really good question. And what came to mind first for me was lying. Um, and in reflecting on that, I think I felt like I needed to lie to be lovable or to be the kind of person that others could receive or made people feel comfortable. And so I remember as a re really small child, um, making up stories and doing so almost compulsively, um, and, it wasn't really until probably college and probably my recommitment to my faith that I felt very convicted about that and also felt really sad about it um, because I realized that this felt like something I had inherited from my family, but also uh, just the grief of recognizing that I didn't feel lovable as I was. And, um, yeah, so maybe a little heavy, but I feel like when I think about habits that weren't serving me and that I really no longer struggle with, that is what stood out. 
Wow, that is one that I haven't heard yet on the podcast. And it has me, of course, and this is the purpose of the podcast is to, you know, we hear your story and it it makes us reflect on, wow, did I do that? And I remember even as a little girl, well, my dad's a policeman. Well, he wasn't, but I would say that so the kids would be like impressed or like leave me alone. But it's like that form of a mask. Yes. Right. That we would put on as children or even teenagers so that people would like us. Um, And that's just a really powerful reflection um, that you share with us today. And I love how it took a turnaround when you became, um, you stepped into your faith that you took the mask off. That's, That's powerful. Yeah. I'm thinking about too, even after college, uh, I remember being a part of a a ministry and yeah, that, that picture of a mask really resonates because it was like, even after I came to know the Lord, I felt like I was still building up this reputation or this false self, uh, was just really trying to control how people perceived me and that, so there wasn't necessarily lying, but there was, you know, very careful curating that was taking place and it was for the same reason. So even though it didn't look like the same version of it, it you know, it, it still was um, rooted from this, this lie that, you know, I'm, I'm only lovable if I'm who people expect me to be or want me to be. And um, I really do feel free of that today. So. Well, I know you for who you really are, and I think you're amazing. So I'm glad you took your mask off. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's only the first question and it was just incredible. I love your story. Okay. Next question. What is something that you've been freed from in your more recent life, like adult life? Okay. So I know, you know, this part of my story, so I will just share, um, in June of 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer very unexpectedly at 32 years old. And I've been an entrepreneur, as I mentioned, for about a decade. And in many ways, I think it's such a great fit for who I am and my skill sets and um, my self leadership and that sort of thing. But I think what happened over those years is that I not unrelated to what we just talked about with the lying and the false self and the mask. I think I found myself believing that I was, you know, my value was in what I produced or my value was in the results that I achieved or my value was in what I could add to people's lives or what I could give them. And um, it really wasn't until my diagnosis and the winding road after that, um, Mm -hmm. that I really, was forced to pause, to pause my hustle, to pause working so hard, Mm. um, but also recognized that I was doing so again from a place of this is the value that I, you know, have and, and only if I do those things, am I, am I loved? Am I, am I worthy of love? And it really did take the terrifying, heartbreaking, refining season of um, being diagnosed with cancer while pregnant, undergoing treatment. Oh my goodness. More, more treatment surgery um, during a pandemic and in the early postpartum months to really strip me from all of those 
those things, the, the, the producer, the, the, the giver, I really had to accept help. I had to mm. accept and become intimately acquainted with my, my need for God, for others, for community. And certainly this is something I'm continuing to unlearn, but I do feel free from the mm. need to hustle for my worth, the need to earn my value, earn my lovability through what I produce or what I do. Wow. So you, you b- broke up with performing performance. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, yeah, that's a really cool way of saying it. I think I still, as a high capacity woman, as someone who is multi-passionate, I still love setting goals and working mm-hmm. toward them, but it's not coming from this place of, I have to do that or else, you know, or I'm able to manage my expectations both on myself and on the people around me. And I think that that feels much more healthy and yeah, is no longer a compulsion or no longer a need. It's just something that I enjoy doing and can connect with. Um, Yeah. I guess the joy again of, of working hard and, and, and doing things that inspire you and challenge you because growth is certainly hard and requires effort and work. And I, I love growing, but it's no longer from that place of um, trying to earn something. I'm so glad that you had your faith to lean on. Mm. You had to, you had had surrendered it all and found that you were secure. Absolutely. Taken care of and provided for and, I dare say, did you experience a deeper intimacy and that love that you've always been looking for? Mm. Yes, I will be honest always <laughs> and Good. say that sometimes in in that season, in the thick of it, mm-hmm. I didn't feel very close to the Lord. I felt mm. like I knew he was there. I knew that I knew his presence was was near. Yeah but it was easier for me to connect with him through others' prayers, others' generosity toward our family, others' words of affirmation or encouragement in that season. Uh And it wasn't probably until I completed active treatment, felt like I had my feet underneath me, my hair was growing back, kind of all of the piece, picking up the pieces after that, that I now feel much more connected, much more intimacy with, with God and much more clear about who he's created me to be and the refining, sanctifying process that the crucible of cancer was for me. Um, I actually have a, a tattoo on my forearm that I got on my 30th birthday. Um, and just says face to face. And it has a lot of meanings to me, uh, but one of them is the desire for and the knowledge of access to that kind of intimacy with, with Christ and this like being very close, you know, face to face, being seen, being known, being loved and longing for that in relationship with other humans. But I think ultimately really um, longing for that sense of connection and closeness. And 
that was five years ago and that I got the tattoo. And again, it means some other things, but I think that being the core of, you know, what I wanted that to represent is really interesting to reflect on now because it feels like without that experience of cancer and being so aware of my, the fragility of my life and, um, working on being present because that's all we know and have is today. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really helped me to, yeah, feel that closeness and that intimacy. And I'm no longer fearful of that closeness and intimacy. It's, it's welcomed and, um, yeah, definitely feels secure and safe as you had mentioned. Wow. So inspiring. And what does your tattoo say again? Face to face. Oh, I love it. That is intimacy. Yeah. I, I love that so much. What, what is something that you would tell someone who doesn't feel free? I would tell them that there is hope yet. Um, when the darkness is really thick and mm-hmm. you can't see what's in front of you. You can't see how you're going to get through it. You don't know when it's going to end. It's really hard to hang on to hope. But what I would say is that to, you know, to someone who doesn't yet feel free, that there is hope yet and that the light, um, and I, I believe we, we have this in common. We believe that God is is the light that Jesus said he was the light of the world that the darker the darkness the more easy it is to perceive the light and mm-hmm. so sometimes although it doesn't make sense and it doesn't feel good and we might not ever understand why in those darkest places has the greatest capacity for the light to come in and to dispel the darkness and to um to change us. And again, it's hard to connect with that when you're in the midst of it, but hanging on to the truth, the reality that if there's breath in your lungs, there's, there's still hope um, can be an encouragement as you're walking toward your freedom. Yes. Yes. The same week you found out you're pregnant, you found out you have cancer. Yeah. So you probably didn't feel very free that week. No, (laughs) I felt very confused. (laughs) Yes. So you clung to the truth and the light. Yes. Yes. The devastation was real. The grief was real. The terror was Mm -hmm. real. But I also feel like even in those early days when I was so shocked and so Mm -hmm. unsure of how things would work out, Mm -hmm. I had a curiosity about how God was going to show up in it. And I think maintaining a sense of, of curiosity in that way so good, was really hopeful for me, um, even in the times where I didn't know, you know what tomorrow would look like. The curiosity of how is God going to show up and how is he going to use this um, was, was hope-filled for me. That's a really good point. 
I mean, not a good point, but that's really, really powerful. In fact, it makes me think even today, there's a lot of people that don't feel free. They're very overcome with fear. And even my children on certain days kind of feel more vulnerable to it. And I say, be curious to the eternal perspective of everything going on. Yeah. Just take a step back for a minute. And, and what's the, what could the eternal perspective be on everything right now? Just yeah. think of it from a different angle. And sometimes that's helpful too. It's very so similar helpful. to what you're saying, very similar. And that frees you up too from being so stuck in the fear. It's just at least consider it from a different perspective. Exactly. It loosens things up a little bit. Really yes. Good. And takes the pressure off of fixing it or resolving mm. it, right? Yeah. Sometimes we are so resistant to that tension or to that uncertainty that we just wanna we just wanna fix it. We just wanna know. And often we can't know, but taking on that posture of curiosity can relieve some of the pressure that we have to figure it out in this moment, but instead we can explore it and sit with it and be with it and allow for a little bit of the, the breathing room to see what's coming up next or how it's going to work itself out. And yeah, I think curiosity can be such, such a healthy and helpful posture to have in the midst of uncertainty or anxiety or stress um, because it helps exactly to open our minds to just a slightly different way to look at it and can be also a, a source of hope for us in, in the midst of it. I feel like that should be almost a definition of freedom right there because you're not holding so tightly to something. It's just mm -hmm. that freedom to just be open to what's possible. So yeah. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day. I would love, love it. I love this so much. Oh, it feels so good. Okay. Who is one person, Christine, who has helped you in your journey? So many. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think my, my husband has been a constant in my life for nearly half of my life. Um, oh, yeah. And you said you were college sweethearts? Yeah, I actually met him my first day on campus in college. Oh. And outside of a, a three-month breakup uh, after the first year, we've, we've been together since. And so through everything that the last two and a half years have been for our family, adding another child, the pandemic, cancer, cancer recurrence, treatment, um, job changes, buying a home, all the things. Um, I think our friendship has grown tremendously. And that sense of going all the way back to that first question that you asked, that sense of being seen and loved and known through it all mm. has really been I mean, I don't know even how to describe the level of support that that has, has meant to me. And I think because we've been together for a long time and because we've been through a lot of life together, there is, yeah, just the sense of freedom, the sense of not needing to perform or to put on a mask or to um, be someone different than who I am. And Certainly when your body's changing in all the ways, I mean, yeah. I, I had a unilateral mastectomy while pregnant, then I was, you know, very pregnant. And then I lost all of my hair and wow. um, I'm on hormone therapy now that, um, 
basically puts my body in chemical menopause. So I'm at a different weight than I've ever been. And just all of the, the, the differences, um, from before to now, I mean, they're stark. And so even in the midst of all of that, never worrying about, um, his commitment to me, his love for me, uh, I can't imagine having done that without, without him and without the foundation of our relationship. Oh my gosh. I am just in complete adoration of your marriage. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I'm picturing you with all your hair loss, surgery scars and a growing belly. Yeah. Not to mention probably hormonally and just emotionally and your husband's just like, okay. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Oh yeah. What's his name? Paul. We're talking about you, Paul. Way to go, Paul. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to switch over to some flash questions. And these are the type of questions that first thing that comes to mind. These are super fun. Okay. All right. What is your favorite non-food like treat for yourself? Non-food treat. Um, Getting a massage. Mm, Good choice. After all you've been through, I'm glad you do that for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Ideally <laughs> weekly, but usually that's not possible, but as uh, often as possible. Your skin, you guys can't see her skin. She glows. You have beautiful skin. You look like you get so facials every week. Your skin is gorgeous. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. And do you have a song that helps you feel free that you like to play that just you blast and it just is like, yes. Mm. I, I'm a singer. I love music, but as a musician, I actually don't listen to music that often, which is kind of funny, but I feel like what's coming to mind is fight song. And Uh partly because my middle daughter, it's like her favorite song and it's so adorable and endearing to watch her really get into it and sing it. I mean, even from a very young age, she was like hardly saying the words, but she knew the song and knew the melody and I think the message of the song is um, I can resonate with it. And I think I did while I felt like I was fighting for my life. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I think that's a good one. Cause I can, I can belt that and, and turn it up and, and enjoy that. Yeah. Your warrior song. Yes. So good. so good. If you had a hundred dollar gift card to anywhere, where would it be? It would probably be, well, there's three, local small businesses here in Chicago that I give nearly all my money to. (laughs) And it would be one of them. Um, And they're all some combination of raw, um, vegan, no refined sugar foods. Um, So just like healthy food that I know is going to fuel my body, but also that tastes amazing and that supports a small business. That's what I want. I love your heart. Love it. What is the place that makes you feel the most at peace? Being by the water, being near waves, um, the sound and the smell and the visual of crashing waves has always resonated with me, um, just given me a sense of calm and peace and just the vastness of any, I live near Lake Michigan and although it's a lake, it appears to be an ocean from the shore, um, just you know how large and majestic it is and I think really anytime I'm at a beach or near a large body of water, um, whether there are big waves or sort of a stillness over the water, I really just get a sense of peace and calm and presence. 
Love that. And last question, what are you looking forward to most this next season? I am looking forward to what's to come, which is general, but I am in the process of really figuring out who and what I want to be. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I just feel like I'm at a time in my life where I'm almost at a new beginning. And so there's just a lot of anticipation and excitement about what I'm creating in my business and the relationships and connections that I'm building and the, yeah, we, we live, we, we own a home in a, in a neighborhood and we're starting to make friends with other families and like, just really feel like we're putting our roots down. And I feel like from that place, something beautiful is going to grow. And I'm just excited about what that will be and curious about it. <laughs> and and the, the coaching that you do for women, what is it called again? Soul care coaching. So connecting with and nurturing the deepest parts of who you are so that you can show up as your truest, most healthy self. And I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, small group coaching. I have a membership called Soul Care Society, and it's really just about encouraging and equipping women to take that pause, to take that breath and pay attention to what's going on inside of them, prioritizing their well-being so that they can do all the other things in their life that they desire to better and um, with more effectiveness and with more presence. Oh, I'm so glad, Christine, that you came on today. I'm so glad that you took off your mask many years ago yeah. and the way that you're walking out how God is making you and us the women that we're created to be. Thanks for being a guest on today. And are you inspired by today's story? Are you ready for your breakthrough? Click the link in the show notes or book a time for us to talk about your breakthrough story on my calendar. The link is in my bio on Instagram and Facebook. Break free is possible. It's your turn. You can join us today. For more information, visit www.breakfreestories.com. Break Free Stories is created by Shannon Gleason, produced by Katie Casada, and edited by Ray Kruna. Production assistance by Erin Baldy. For more information, visit www.breakfreestories.com.